Hey everyone, it's Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 11 of Yogaland. This week it's just me. I have been getting back to writing lately, which is really my first love, and I had some thoughts that I wanted to share with you. And what I've been thinking about a lot lately is what it's like to hit a yoga plateau and what the benefits are of hitting a yoga plateau. And, you know, usually when we talk about hitting a plateau, for example, in fitness or in weight loss, or even if we're talking about, you know, hitting a plateau in website traffic at our job or something like that, a plateau is not considered a good thing. It indicates that you're not growing, you're not experiencing the same rate of transformation that you once were, and it's an indicator that something needs to change. So you need to work harder or add heavier weights to your routine or, you know, just change up your routine, create more clickable articles. And so here's the beautiful thing about yoga. When you hit a plateau in your yoga practice, and pretty much all of us will at some point, it's a good thing. I believe for many of us, hitting a plateau in yoga is a golden opportunity to deepen your practice. And here's why. I've said this in an earlier podcast, and I'm going to say it again. Yoga is not a practice of self-achievement. So another way of saying this is all of the hopes and dreams and ambitions and baggage that you bring with you into the yoga room about achievement, you can let go of. And, you know, you, you don't have to worry about constantly achieving a new pose or a deeper variation of a pose to have a beautiful, effective, long-term yoga practice that serves you. So that said, it's incredibly normal and understandable to want to achieve certain poses in yoga. And I can remember the first time I was in a class where the teacher taught forearm balance and I'd never seen it before, and I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen, and I really wanted to do it. And that was a good thing because it kept me going to class, and it helped me hone my body awareness. I had to figure out over the course of months, you know, what went where and what was too tight to get upside down for the first time and what needed to be stronger. And it also, the pose at that time required all of my attention and kept me really focused on the present moment. But at a certain point, a pose will come along that you can't do after many months of practicing. At a certain point, you'll come up against some real solid physical limitations and you'll have to figure out what's next. So I'm hoping that this podcast will help. I'm going to talk through what I think of as four reasons a yoga plateau is a great thing for your yoga practice. Okay, so reason number one, a yoga plateau is a great opportunity for svadhyaya or self-study. So when your teacher shows you a pose, let's take, for example, Ordvadanyarasana or wheel pose. When your teacher shows you that pose and you've been practicing it for a while and you can't push all the way up, you can use it as an opportunity to be inquisitive about what's going on. So instead of berating yourself or setting even more goals or feeling unworthy, you can start to simply ask yourself, what's going on here? What am I feeling? Am I feeling tight in the pose? Am I feeling like I'm not strong enough to get up yet? Am I feeling fear? And where do I feel tight? Is it in my lower back? Is it in my shoulders? And from there, you can figure out ways to support yourself. 
You can figure out if you need to ask your teacher to help you work through the fear and support you as you go up, or if you need to ask your teacher to observe you and figure out where the tightness or the strength issues are. And from there, you can start to create a practice that encourages more balance in your body. So if you determine that your shoulders are tight, you can start to incorporate more shoulder openers into your home practice or into your workday. And again, you know, if you don't, if you can't tell what's going on, you can simply ask the question and then ask a teacher. And it's just an opportunity to get to know yourself better. When you do this type of self-inquiry, you build awareness of your physical body and you start to learn what the pose evokes in your body instead of just blindly pushing yourself. And then, you know, when you find a challenging situation in your life, instead of immediately reacting or pushing up against it or pushing through it, you can do the same thing. You can just stop, pause, and internally say, what am I feeling right now? What am I really feeling? What do I really need to do to support myself or to support the people around me and improve this situation? So number two, a yoga plateau is an opportunity to face your limitations, to accept that they exist, and to be compassionate with yourself. Now, I I imagine this may be a really tough pill to swallow, but I'm going to break some really bad news to you. Are you ready? You're not perfect. No matter how hard you work, you're not going to make yourself perfect. So that's the bad news. But here's the good news. You don't have to be to have an effective, beautiful yoga practice. So when I'm feeling my own perfectionism rear its head, which happens to me, you know, still happens to me quite often. It's something I really struggle with. I often remember the Anna Quinlan quote, which is, put down your backpack. So when I was writing this piece, I went back and I found the speech that this quote came from, and I'm going to read you a passage from it. This is Anna Quinlan's 1999 commencement speech that she did at Mount Holyoke. So she said, eventually being perfect day after day, year after year, became like always carrying a backpack filled with bricks on my back. And oh, how I secretly long to lay my burden down. So what I want to say to you today is this. If this sounds familiar to you, if you've been trying to be perfect in one way or another, then make today when for a moment there are no grades to be gotten, classmates to be met, terrain to be scouted, positioning to be arranged, make today the day to put down your backpack. So I always think of that when I walk into the yoga room, like I have all of the stuff that's going on in my life, in the world, but when I walk into the yoga room... I try to put down my backpack. I try to put down those burdens and those expectations from my day-to-day life and leave them at the door and just accept where I am and be compassionate with where I am and let the practice be a respite for my mind and for my body. And an added bonus of doing this is if you can accept your own limitations, and be compassionate with yourself, you will be able to do that so much more readily for the people around you, for the people you work with, or the annoying people on the the train next to you, or your children, or your yoga students. And I can say this with such authority because I've lived it. I think I was so hard on myself for so many years, and it translated to being really irritable with people around me in all kinds of situations. And I believe the yoga practice has softened me and softened the way that I 
observe others, the way that I think of others, and the way that I interact with others. And I think the world needs that right now. So the sutra about being friendly and compassionate is uh, one of my favorites. It's Yoga Sutra 1.33, and I'm going to read it to you. It's um, I'm reading from The Essence of Yoga, which is a translation by Bernard Blanchot. And this can be... I imagine in very uh, scholarly circles, this might be considered kind of a loosey-goosey text, but that may be the reason that I love it so much. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful, relevant day-to-day translation. So this translation says, the mind becomes quiet when it cultivates friendliness in the presence of happiness, active compassion in the presence of unhappiness, joy in the presence of virtue, and indifference toward error. So yeah, I just think that encapsulates all of it. You know, can you be indifferent toward your own errors? If you can, you will actually be more patient and more indifferent toward the errors of others. So I invite you to embrace and be compassionate with your own limitations and see how that makes you feel about others. Okay, so reason number three, a yoga plateau forces you to face your own boredom. So when we're striving towards something, we have a goal in mind, it keeps our mind busy. We're focused on the future. And when we reach a plateau, we sometimes have to just face the fact that it's not as exciting. It's not as shiny and fancy and glamorous. And sometimes when we face boredom, it makes us feel like, uh, well, maybe it's time for me to stop doing yoga and start doing something else. And that's the point where I feel that we have to remind ourselves, why do I really do yoga? What's the point here? And if we go back to the yoga sutras, we do yoga, we do the asana practice because it helps us train our minds. It helps us bear witness to and maintain equanimity in the midst of fluctuations of the mind. And so not every moment is going to be bliss. It's not supposed to be. That's just not reality. That's not the reality of human experience. And that's not the way that the mind works. So sometimes boredom is going to come up or frustration or feelings of unworthiness. And it's our job, at least in the yoga room, to simply allow those things to come up, to witness them and to keep practicing, to keep persevering. So training oneself to be equanimous, and I use the word equanimous because I think the word peaceful has like just a lot of connotations in our culture. And I'd rather use this word because it reminds me of steadiness. So to to train yourself to be equanimous is something that takes effort. It takes perseverance and it requires devoting yourself to the practice for the long haul. Not always the most glamorous thing, but the good news is that training yourself in this way and being able to cope with things like boredom make your life so much easier and more enjoyable. So last point, a yoga plateau gives you the opportunity to enjoy what you can do. So in addition to accepting your limitations, I want to invite you to celebrate your abilities. I'm going to be really morbid here and just put a fine point on things and say, we're all going to die. Our bodies are going to break down. Some of us will be fortunate enough to live long enough to experience this breakdown as we age. And we'll look back on what we're doing right now and we'll think, whoa, that was amazing. So I just want to invite you to remind yourself that 
standing on your own two feet solidly in mountain pose and feeling your breath move through your body is amazing. And putting a block under your pelvis and letting it support you as you open your chest in bridge pose is amazing. And moving your body in all different directions and balancing in triangle pose is amazing. Um, I could obviously go on all day. The point is that the sheer act of moving and breathing and having the privilege to get on your mat is something to remember and to celebrate. It's a gift whether you just pressed into your first headstand after months of preparation or whether you've chosen to rest in child's pose while everyone else is headstanding. Um, I just want to finish with the reminder that this is your body, this is your life, and I invite you to live in your body honestly and joyfully. So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. It's incredibly helpful for me to get the feedback. And it's also helpful in terms of other people finding the podcast. I'm going to take a break next week. So no podcast next week, a little summer break, but I will be back the week after with the amazing yoga teacher, Chrissy Carter. Sending you so much love, everyone. Enjoy your practice. Enjoy your practice.